Billion Dollar Moves, hosted by Sarah Chen Spellings, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Join venture capitalist Sarah Chen Spellings as she asks the hard questions and learns through the triumphs, failures and hard lessons of the creme de la creme so you too can make billion dollar moves in venture, in business and in life. She's interviewing the real heavy hitters like the CEO of Lego, like the former MD of Unilever and Sarah does it all with her real unique interview style. Think Oprah meets Guy Raz of How I Built This. Listen to Billion Dollar Moves on the HubSpot Podcast Network. Link in the show notes. So yeah. if you could get any celebrity endorsement, like someone to just step up and be like, Pocket Jobs is our like number one go-to whenever we're hiring. Uh, who would you want that spot, to bro. be? Put me on the spot. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Who would that person be? I mean, there's people, if I thought about it for long enough, there are people who would make most sense commercially. But me as a CEO, as a, just a, a normal nerdy motherfucker, obviously I would love Jay-Z to throw us in the line one day <laughs> and just be like, Pocket Jobs, it's your boy. <laughs> It's your boy, oh. it's your boy, pocket jabs. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new Techish. It's Abadesi, founder and CEO of Hustle Crew. We teach your team how to be more inclusive and I'm with... Michael Bain, CEO of Pocket, let's go. Obviously, we called it two weeks ago, I think two, three episodes ago, like Beyonce and Adidas wasn't really working out. And now it looks like they've officially parted ways. We spoke about last time how they were losing money and mm. how reportedly she was getting paid $20 million a year, regardless <laughs> of the success of the venture every year per year. Best and I think they woke up. Ever. Best brand deal ever. Shout out to Beyonce's management team, whoever, or Beyonce, whoever organized <laughs> that deal. You're a genius, yeah. And I think the finesse could only run so long. So I think it lasted two, three years. And she literally, she walked away with $60 million, basically, and never turned up profit probably the whole thing never turned a profit i would guess wow. adidas have been burnt really on this whole celebrity endorsement but think of how many headlines they've got like marketing yeah marketing and also the dollars. cultural like cachet because let's be real like just let's just tap into blackness for a little bit yeah it's true was adidas flexing on the level of nike like think of the Absolutely jordan not. partnership and what that did for the brand in terms of just cementing its relevance yep. like you know what i mean like a pair of jordans Come yeah, on. yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, Adidas never quite had that or has that. You know, they've got the Yeezys. That, well, I mean, kind they of had, had the Yeezys. Yeah. Whatever. I think they were just looking for that. And even just the fact that it's being mentioned in the same sentence as Beyonce, that's saying a lot. Like, people look at that brand differently now than these two. And I will include myself in that. Like, I've got, like, primo Adidas Stella McCartney kind of things. I never would have right. thought before that I would get because over the last 10 years, I now kind of see it on a level that I didn't see it at before. So yes, right. on paper, it's not been a good investment. But this is a weird thing about marketing. The value that comes from marketing in many ways is also so transient ephemeral. and intangible. Like, and I think about this all the time with my company where I'm just like, marketing for me is like, where the new leads at? Where the new mm-hmm. leads at? Where the new contract signed at? But then you find out like six months later, like a year later, someone's like, oh, I've been wanting to work with you since I saw that campaign or that thing. And now I finally have the budget. So it's a hard one. It's a hard one. Like, I feel like for me, even though I see the numbers, I feel like the jury is still out for me on whether this was a bad partnership for Adidas. Yeah, you know, I can't speak on Adidas's kind of cultural position 
amongst kind of like black women. So maybe there is something that working with Beyonce has done something. I don't know, ephemeral in terms of marketing positioning. I don't know. I definitely would say that their proximity to blackness and specifically their proximity to Kanye was revolutionary for their brand. Even though they might yes. lose a whole bunch of money this year and the next two years, it was still 1000% worth it because without Yeezy, without Kanye, yeah, Adidas was, you know, struggling behind Nike. I don't know about market cap and I don't know about, you know, PNL, but I can definitely say in terms of just cultural relevance, pre Kanye was and after Kanye was two different stories. Absolutely. Here's a question. Go on. If you could get any celebrity endorsement any. for people oh. of color in tech, right? Oh, Do you know what? Recruitment. Let's talk about your jobs board. That's your main revenue stream, right? So yeah. if you could get any celebrity endorsement, like someone should just step up and be like, Pocket Jobs is our like number one go-to whenever we're hiring. Oh, Who would you want that spot, to bro. be? Put me on the spot. I don't know. I'm trying to think who would that person be? I mean, there's people, if I thought about it for long enough, there are people who would make most sense commercially. But me as a CEO, as a, just a, a normal nerdy motherfucker, obviously I would love Jay-Z to throw us in the line one day and just be like, <laughs> Pocket Jobs, it's your boy. <laughs> it's your boy. Oh. Jigger, it's your boy, Pocket Jobs. <laughs> P-O-C-I-T. Ah, oh, bro, I would die a death and be like, I'm so happy. That's why you take dinner with Jay Z and you don't take the 500k, so you get that shout out and you get the marketing spin of a billion dollars. Nah, you know what? That's what it is. But if I thought about it long enough, I'm sure it. there's a person who the position like Ooh. would make more sense because obviously pocket jobs is probably target primarily at 25 to 40 professionals in tech, yeah. black people, POC. So who is that person that fits that most? I don't know. But from my perspective, obviously, as a nerd of, you know, of Jigger, I would be like, yeah, please. Like, that would be amazing. That would make me laugh. That would make me pretty happy. Who is your one? Who's your one? Who would you want? So I am in two minds about this. Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> <laughs> if it, she's in that court case. Hustle crew. Because <laughs> she got she found not guilty. Case, she won that case. Yeah, I won the case. Shout out to Hustle yeah. Crew. She said that. What would you do? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm in two minds about it because it's like, do I want to preach to the converted mm. or the unconverted? Because if I want to preach to the converted, I would love to have someone like Brene Brown, who's like yep. actually really inspiring to our work. Or, you know, like Simon Sinek, Scott Galloway, like one of those like super respected. Okay like corporate speakers, like yes. people that influence CEOs already yeah. who could just kind of be like, and when I, as a CEO, think about who I want training my team, it's Hustle Group. It's Abedessi, like, yeah. So on the one hand, I think that would be really dope. But then another part of me is just thinking like, or the most unexpected one, Joe Rogan. <laughs> Wait for it though. Wait for it though, because the Joe Rogan celebrity endorsement would be like, "I was skeptical. I was skeptical about." It's like Paul in the Bible. Saul in the Bible. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I was was skeptical about implicit biases. I thought DNI training didn't work, but I took my team. (laughs) <laughs> the Joe Rogan team went along and now we're stronger than ever like that would be so sick because also people would be like what the fuck but then they'd be like I mean if it's working for him maybe I'll try because my business Mission. will never grow to the next level until the people who like don't see the problem that we're fixing as a problem see it as a problem you know what I actually think I think the two people so obviously you're trying to convince CEOs to, to hire you for training yes. I think it has to be Jeff Bezos and it has to be Elon because those two are like oh, the thought leaders of CEOs yes. so there's CEOs and there's the CEOs that everyone yes. looks to for thought leadership so if Jeff was to come in his new Amazon you know letter to the shareholders and was like listen this improved business performance by X percent 
Castle Crew Aberdeen. Oh, yeah. Name check in the letter, Yo. or that's it. Game change. That's that it. That's it. is coming tonight. I got no yeah. plans tonight. <laughs> Let me get on that AI model builder. <sighs> Just do my um, do a little do a little four one nine hustle over here. My Nigerian DNA, so <laughs> I can scam up, get some, oh. grab some headlines <laughs> with my Jeff Bezos deep fake. You know what? Yeah, the UK is in the mud. The UK is absolutely finished in it in many aspects, in many ways. <laughs> but what was embarrassing was that there was a job posting by mm. the British government for the chief cybersecurity officer of the UK. Well, I don't know if it yeah. was of the UK, but it's a very super senior role. Chief yeah. cybersecurity of a specific part of the UK's government activities. The salary was 57k. Now, <laughs> now I'm not going to laugh. That's a I'm lot of laughing. money in some no, no, places. It, in the UK, in London, that is still well above average, right, as a salary. But when you look in the private sector for these sort of super senior cybersecurity roles, I think people yeah. drew a con- contrast. It was like 400k for certain roles in the private sector. What kind of yeah. talent are you going to get for 57k? It's insane. Like, and I saw a tweet. Yeah, I mean, I laugh. feel like that job should have way more money. <laughs> Yeah, that's meant to be the person protecting us. I, like, bro, that's, you can't pay them. Pay them more, please. Take my tax money and pay them more. And I read that's a tweet with somebody was like, I read a tweet with somebody like, Britain is wild because London has New York rents and the cost of living, but salaries akin to a mid-sized city in the deep south. Yeah, it's true, bro. It's mad. It's crazy out here. So you apply? Why don't you apply for that? Fifty-seven k. Um, why not, man? You don't I will co- do that job. Fifty-seven k. I mean, the treasury. It's like they're just asking to be hacked. At the same time, you know that if they put it out with a high salary, people are going to complain that government jobs shouldn't be paid that much. Do you know what? I have a theory. You hear is not that bad. We just complain too much. You think so? Yeah, maybe. I don't think it's that. I think that's a part of it, but I definitely think the, I don't think the money's there. I think the UK. I mean, finished. that the flat wages is real. That yeah. is real. That's not, you know, a joke. And so many people who move to the UK from the US just go, what, your salaries? Nah, like, can't it, deal yeah. with that. But I think we do have a culture of complaining Okay, as well. So... Just putting it out there. <laughs> Are you sick and tired of wasting your precious time on tedious tasks like pulling reports, rewriting blog posts, and trying to personalize countless prospecting emails or well, say no more because we've got some new ai tools that are gonna blow your mind introducing hubspot's newest ai tool content assistant and chatspot content assistant uses the power of OpenAI's chat gpt3 model to help you create content outlines outreach emails and even web page copy in just seconds and in case that wasn't enough they created chatspot a conversational growth assistant that connects you to hubspot crm for unbeatable support with chat-based commands you can manage contacts run reports and even ask for status updates the easy to use crm just got even easier head to hubspot.com artificial intelligence to get early access today link in the show notes Techish is sponsored by Intuit, a global technology platform that serves millions of customers worldwide with TurboTax, QuickBooks, Mint, Credit Karma, and MailChimp. They are now hiring for a variety of tech and non-tech roles across all products and regions. At Intuit, you'll be part of a team that emphasizes the importance of diverse voices to drive innovation and power and prosperity for all. Check out Intuit's career opportunities waiting for you. Visit intuit.com pocket. That's intuit.com pocket. Link in the show notes. I want to talk a little bit about the pivot, the DEI pivot, 
that's been happening for a lot of right. companies that emerged in 2020. So a lot of like tech startups came out in 2020, understandably trying to think of ways that technology could help dismantle systemic racism. And one of the companies that I really admired doing this was Unpacking. They actually yeah. got funding from like one of the Beyonce initiatives that was running around that time. Oh, I think she invested in a few startups. Yeah, really, really cool. So they were using kind of like gamified learning to help teams understand some of the key concepts and, you know, create like understanding and language to basically be better. Now they've pivoted and they're actually building a software platform. Basically, they're going to build a platform that helps people develop travel experiences like off-sites retreats. They're also going to be running their own retreats. They're still like using a lot of the software that they were using for that cohort-based learning and community-based mm-hmm. learning, but this time they're just like applying it to team building, uh, which I think is really interesting. And they've been able to like do some few pilots. They're also going to be running their own retreats and their own programs. But the reason I thought it was interesting is because, you know, we're seeing dedicated media outlets sunsetting. We're seeing innovative technology that was going to help solve this problem pivoting to another space. What does this say about the market for DNI? I mean, and I the think it says of like innovative applications for like helping equity, diversity, and inclusion work. I think it's what we said before: the market has shrunk crazily, and I don't blame founders for pivoting. I can't be mad at it. I ain't mad if you're gonna go out of business. If you've got investors' money in your bank account, and you can average return it to your investors, or you can pivot. You're probably better off pivoting and living to fight another day. Some may view it differently. Maybe you know. I don't. I don't know what the, the other perspective is that you shouldn't do it you should just give up i don't know i think as a prediction you definitely will see a lot more of it it's part of capitalism it is what it is like people can't sustain their companies as they are they have to change it to do something else and find a different market that probably is more receptive to giving them dollars it's just it is what it is man it's sad it's a shame some will shut down and some will pivot like hey presto don't worry because we're not going anywhere (laughs) (laughs) all of a sudden it's funny isn't it like i remember going to a talk once and it was just like sometimes the most successful businesses are the ones that just lasted so y'all can keep pivoting just make sure you send your customers to me (laughs) (laughs) yo this is michael in post-production just wanted to give a heads up we talk about square and cash app in this next section uh in quite a jovial manner this was recorded way before we found out about the tragic murder of bob lee who was uh, the former Square CTO and Cash App co-founder who was tragically murdered um, at the age of 43. Just to give you a lot of that heads up, obviously our thoughts and commiserations go out to his family. Um, we were in two minds about leaving this section in, but we decided to go ahead um, and leave it in. But yeah, please enjoy. And our thoughts go out again to Bob Lee and his family. So not good news for Jack Dorsey and the team at Block, previously known as Square. Their stock has been shorted by quite prominent organization called the Hindenburg no relation to the air balloon that went down this company is basically known for shorting I was going to say companies. that's a poor yeah, choice of name but anyway yeah I know yeah <laughs> but long story short they have said that Block's app, Cash App, which is very popular within the Black American community, very popular globally, is a house of cards. And essentially, its entire success is predicated on the idea that there's no regulation, no checking, no compliance. And they proved it in releasing a report by showing how they were able to set up accounts under names like Donald J. Trump, under names like Elon Musk, all kinds of fake names, basically. And one former employee, I've got a quote here, estimated that 40 to 70% of the accounts that they reviewed were fake or involved fraud. And that the entire success of Cash App is based on the fact that people use it for crime, people use it for all kinds of nefarious reasons. And that according to this report, they have taken advantage of the underbanked, basically, and allow people to kind of do a lot of fugazi stuff in it. And what was fascinating in the report, they actually looked at the use of the word Cash App in hip hop. And they looked at 
what context it was used. And oftentimes it was used to basically say, I commit a murder and I pay you by cash app. Or basically like, I do something illegal and we did it the deal by cash app. So <laughs> the shares of the stock have plunged. That by backfired. Yeah, for real. But don't get twisted though. Jack Dorsey has this really weird alignment with like blackness. I don't know what's his thing. Some of it is he's trying to help. Like I remember he partnered with Jay-Z to do like a Bitcoin Academy. He was in Africa for long periods of time. Good bits. But even Cash App's success was predicated among, because of black people. Like Cash App, I don't think the original name was even Cash App. I think Cash App was the colloquial name given to it by like Black Twitter, basically. And then they eventually rebranded mm. it as Cash App. And it's a similar story. Even Black Twitter, you know, that was another reason why Jack Dorsey was able to become the billionaire that he is. I don't know. What do you make of all this? So many thoughts. I mean, I love how Jack Dorsey has in public said that the reference to Cash App in hip hop shows how popular it is. But that's kind of come back to bite him in the ass now because people realize the references of it and be like, um, it's being used in a really like nefarious way. I mean, look, he's built products that people clearly needed, right? Like Black Twitter stand for whatever Jack Dorsey, at least to some extent, because, you know, he gave us a tool that gave us power and like, It Mm -hmm. made it easy to mobilize and bring attention to our voices. And I mean, Cash App has also served a need. I mean, a lot of great innovation and invention comes from the gray economies. But it's a shame. I mean, one thing I'll say is like, you know, purely from an operator perspective, some of the most creative diversity recruitment policies in the tech ecosystem came from Square. And I had like the honor of speaking to one of their like former execs, just connected through a friend of a friend, a cishet white guy, by the way, but, Mm -hmm. and that's important for this story, but who really took incredible risks just around like creating incentives, quotas, experiments to drastically increase representation of black people, veterans, all these marginalized and underrepresented groups in their company, constantly tweaking the formula, constantly creating incentives, also creating penalties and like dramatically improving on the success metrics for like Black people hired, etc. So, you know, what I hear from the ground is that like they're doing really good stuff. <laughs> yeah. And more so than other fintech companies, more so than other tech companies. So I'm sad. I don't know, like I'm kind of sad. I'm not saying I support the use of criminal the use of the app for criminal activity, but I just feel like you don't always get the full story from the value of a share price or like the value of a company, mm-hmm. the market I- cap, you know? I, I'm not even necessarily mad at the app being used in the grey economy per se. Like, let's say, for example, you're a hair braider and you want to use Cash App and you don't necessarily want to maybe file taxes. But I just found it funny reading in a kind of very sterile business reporting the way they broke down Cash App's mentions within hip hop music. Uh, here's the quote. Yeah. A review of the song showed that artists are not generally rapping about Cash App's smooth user interface, but many describe using it to scam, traffic drugs, or even pay for murder. See our compilation video on this. <laughs> Kills me. I want to watch that compilation video too. That's hilarious. Oh my days. Anyway, shout out to Jack Dorsey. I mean, when I looked at the stock price, the price is still relatively stable. It's down 8% this nice. month, but I don't think it's going anywhere. But yeah, read the report. We'll put the link in the show notes too, actually. It's very fascinating. That's the end of this week's Techish, the greatest podcast in the world. We'll be back next week. Hit us up at hashtag Techish on Twitter, at TechishPod on Instagram and Twitter as well. We've got so many little visual shorts and TikTok stuff that you can check out if you want to see us visually um, and leave a review so we can read you out and you can join in on the fun. See you next week. Bye.